Hi, my name is Gail, and I am a compulsive overeater and also an anorexic. Um, my top weight was 360 plus, and my lowest weight as an adult was 109 pounds. I'm, a, I'm five foot eight. My phone number is 818-679-4336. Again, 818-679-4336. Um, I always like to participate in my recovery, and when I'm asked to do something, I, if possible, I do it. Uh, let's see. To give you some background, um, I first came into program in 1983. Uh, I came in through the beverage program. I abstained. I, at that point, I was 225 pounds. And why I like to say that at the beginning? Because I like to remind myself that this is a progressive disease. I abstained for seven years. I got married. I got divorced. I had a baby, and I maintained a 100-pound weight loss. Um, when we started to go through the divorce, I was about seven years abstinent, and I started playing around my food with my food and, um, you know, trickery stuff like eating my breakfast before midnight and then just got totally out of whack. Um, my abstinence back then, I didn't eat sugar nor flour. And I didn't eat that for 10 years, but I ate enough other foods that would um, cause me to get up to 360 pounds plus. I was, I was extremely overweight, <laughs> obese. And um, if I fell down, I could not get up uh, by myself. I needed help. And it was like the big book describes, incomprehensible demoralization. Um, backing up to when I was a child, I was very, very thin, and I didn't like food. And I can remember my first binge. I was six years old, and my mom wasn't home. I think she had had my sister, who was six years younger than me, and my dad was in the bathroom, and I knocked on the door, and I said, could I have this certain food? And he goes, well, yeah, go right ahead. I said, I don't know why you'd want that, but go ahead. And I can remember I went into the kitchen, and I found the biggest tablespoon, and I reached in for this food. And when I got it in my mouth, there was a sigh of relief at six years old, only to progress, you know, to a full, blown-out, compulsive eater. Um, I would say, you know, through... Uh, around, I never was really much overweight. I went a little bit through puberty. I, I got a little bit thick. But I remember my sister, uh, when I was in my 20s, she said, you know, back, I'm 73 years old. When I came back, I was 59. Um, and when I came back in 2009, I, I really didn't care at that point whether I would lose the weight, but the insanity, I was sober and I was obese and it was horrible. And I used to lay in my bed and it was a double bed and I said, well, at least I still fit in the bed because I am the kind of compulsive overeater that I, um, I could go to 500 pounds. If I can go to 360, I can go to 500 and probably more. There's just not enough food for me on this earth, and um, I am so grateful to be abstinent today.
So my sister would tell me, you know, I saw these eight millimeter films that we had, and she said, you were the thinnest of all your friends. She goes, why did mom always have you on diets? Yes, my mother was compulsive about my weight, and um, I was compulsive. I got, I picked that up. And also, you know, it's not her fault. I have a disease, and it's compulsive eating, and I probably qualify for every 12-step program. Um, I go to two, and sometimes I've add in adult children of alcoholics. Um, so throughout, up until I graduated, I, like I said, I'm five foot eight. I weighed about 145 pounds when I graduated, but I felt obese. I always felt obese. So the yo-yo started, you know, after I got out of school, and I was in drugs and alcohol and food and binging, and I was on my own, and I could eat as much as I wanted. Not that I didn't binge before, because I learned my parents got divorced, and I used to cook dinner. And sometimes I had to cook two dinners because I ate the first one. Then I would cook another one for my brother and sister. Um, yeah, I, I had this empty hole. I, if you're a compulsive eater, you know what I'm talking about. Nothing filled it up. It was just I could put massive amounts of food away. I know some people don't have it as you know deep as I do, but there was just a bottomless pit. And sometimes I'd get to the point where I'd have to throw up because I was so full. I was never a vomiter. I wanted to keep that food in. It filled the void. So. You know, I started gaining weight, uh, 20s, and then I'd be in relationships and get really thin, and then I'd get out of them, you know, up and down, up and down. Um, when I was 27, um, I was working in Beverly Hills, and one of my customers offered for me to go to um, the protein-sparing fast diet. And I'm the queen of dieters. When I came back in 2009, my sponsor had me write down how many diets I had been on. And I could count 70, and I was like 59. But I'm sure I was on a lot more than that. So um, he offered to pay for this diet, and I went and probably weighed about mm, over 200 pounds. But anyways, they told me what to do. I'm the queen of dieters. You better believe I can lose the weight. I got so thin, and then I thought, I don't even need to go back there. I can just get the, the stuff I need. And, um, you know, I was getting thinner and thinner, and I got into this relationship with this, um, um, he was a manager of some big top name guy, and I got thinner and thinner. And we lived in a beautiful, beautiful apartment. And all I could do is obsess about my weight. I did such crazy things. I mean, you know, all the things they talk about. I would throw trash, food in the trash. I'd retrieve it. I would eat off of other people's plates. I didn't care. I had no pride. I was shameful. Like, if I went out to eat with my mom and my sister, if I was a little bit overweight, I thought, oh, I don't even deserve to eat. I, I had very severe problems and body dysmorphia because when I did that protein-sparing fast diet, I kept losing weight and getting thinner and thinner. I got down to about 109 pounds, and uh, I was emaciated. And uh, my boyfriend told me to move out because he couldn't stand to look at me anymore. And I thought, you just don't understand. You know, you can't be too thin or too rich. I was sick. Um, I moved out, and I was dating, and somebody said something to me one night when I was out to this really nice dinner. 
And all I could think of is, you know, I really don't belong on this earth. I just don't belong here. I'm too sensitive. And, um, you know, while I was um, doing this protein sparing fast, I, I started my own way. Like I wouldn't eat for six weeks and then I'd binge and then I'd starve. And uh, for about six months, I did that for two years, but about a year and a half into it, um, I started thinking, you know, of ways that I could kill myself. And, um, you know, it makes me cry because I was 27 and I had no hope. And uh, I used to walk into the store and think if I only had the nerve to drink Drano, but I just couldn't. So I took strychnine, and I ended up at Cedar sinai and they didn't have a re remedy for it. And uh, I had taken a lot of it, and then I decided when I started turning numb, uh, my throat started turning numb, and it attacks your heart, I was rushed to the hospital, and they said they don't have an antidote. And, you know, I didn't really want to die. So... They put me on medication, and I, you know, needless to say, I was in and out of therapy from the time I was 18 till probably 28 or 29. Uh, they put me in an outpatient. They gave me this heavy-duty medication. Um, so my elixir for this whole problem was to get married. And I married this guy, and we went to Europe for uh, 17 weeks. And... Uh, my dad had given me a credit card, and we got a lot of money from our wedding, and we used the money, and we used some of my dad's credit. And I had never had a credit card before, and my dad was freaking out in the United States while he sees all over Europe, he gets these bills. And, I mean, we didn't use a ton of it, but it was still wrong. And when we came home, he freaked out. He said, what were you doing, you know? And um, I divorced this man eventually. And he ended up making amends to my dad for um, what we had done. And after committing, um, trying to commit suicide, you know, my weight went up, my weight went down. Um, I got arrested five times throughout my life. Um, the first time at 18, I had Grand Theft Auto. Um, I didn't steal the car, but I was hitchhiking and I had narcotics and I thought they were going to throw away the key, and I continued. You know, I just didn't learn my lessons. And if I could have been arrested for compulsive eating, the backseat of my car looked like the trash out of a restaurant. Um, you know, there's just not enough food. So forward to um, 1982, I called my ex-husband December 16th, and I had picked up a busboy after work, and uh, the next morning he told me that I was crazy. And I went to work, and I always worked through all this, and he said I was crazy. And I started crying at work, and I called my ex-husband, and he told me I was an alcoholic. Well, I got sober December 16, 1982, and I'm coming up on 40 years. And a woman took me under her wing. And uh, she took me, told me, you know, go to this meeting, pick me up, do this, do that. And I jumped into it, got sober, and three months into it, I was wearing white sweatpants. I probably weighed about 225. And uh, she said, you know, you shouldn't wear white sweatpants at your weight. And I said, okay. You know, I didn't take it personal. I figured she was right. And uh, 
she said, but there is a program, and in all my dieting, I had never heard of Overeaters Anonymous. And my very first meeting that I went to was at the Glendale Memorial Hospital, and I walked into this room. There were over 200 people. There were people up on the stage, and everybody sat down and got very quiet, and these people told my secrets. They said how they threw food in the trash and how they went on all these diets and they could lose the weight. They couldn't keep it off. And, you know, I found my tribe. And I jumped in, you know, and I'm a queen of dieting. So I worked um, with this first woman I had as a sponsor. And back then they had gray sheet. And I could do gray sheet plus because I knew how to starve. So I cut my calories to 800 a day and lost the weight pretty fast. I got down, excuse me, down to about 120 pounds. And she goes, you're just too thin. You know, you got it. How much are you eating? And I told her, and she said, you got to add calories. And I worked with this. Um, I got a sponsor. She had many years, and she was much older than me. I was 32, 33 at the time. And I, you know, what I had done, incomprehensible demoralization, for sure, for sure. And she worked with me, and uh, I did my first inventory at about 14 months. And uh, I, to I told her everything I ever did that I was ashamed of. And I thought, oh, I was going to go to death with these secrets. And I told her everything. And I did some pretty unconscionable things it set me free um, you know the only thing is I went from food to addiction to a relationship and four years later we got married and I like I said I was and also during that time when I was abstinent I went to meetings I spoke I did service I sponsored I did everything that the people in our rooms told us to do. You know, I just did it. I knew and I was recovering and I realized it was a spiritual malady. And, uh, you know, but there was a lot of control in there. So we got married. The same problem came up that we had before because we had problems. I was three months pregnant and I realized this relationship was tanking. And the embarrassment, we had like 300 people from program, both programs, and we didn't get divorced right away. So I had my son, and he's 35 now, and uh, we got divorced, and my problems started where I started eating not like I was my abstinence, breakfast, lunch, and dinner, and I got away from program, and I had friends in AA. I had so much shame in OA. And I didn't go back to meetings. I raised my son uh, for 18 years. And in 2009, I my brother called me, and he asked me about my Five job. minutes, Gail. Oh, thank you so much. Thank you. Um, so <clears throat> he said, how's your job? And I said, oh, it's OK. He said, you're so funny. He said, one day it's terrible, one day it's good. He said, you should go back to OA. He said, you were so happy. God rest his soul. He passed away about 10 years ago, but he was my Eskimo. And I went back to OA, and I was so embarrassed, and I walked into the rooms. And, you know, that's ego and pride because 
you know, we're all the same, we all have the same disease, and I have never been judged in these rooms, but my ego and pride, I thought, oh, I'm going to run into sponsees and blah, blah, blah. And I never saw anybody for like five or six months that I knew from, you know, 20 years before. So um, I walked, he said, go to a meeting. And I said, well, I've been thinking of it. And he said, no, like today, go today. That was on uh, February 9th, 2009. I was 59 years old. And I got abstinent. And a woman held the door for me as I was walking out. And she said, are you a newcomer? And I said, no. I said, I relapsed. And she said, here's my number. And she said, what's your binge? And I told her. She said, don't do it for 30 days. Call me. And I called her that night. And she said, oh, my gosh, you're calling? And I said, yes, I need help. And we're still friends today. I, I used to as a sponsor for about um, four months. And then uh, I worked with another woman. Uh, her, you know, anyways. Uh, so I went to meetings. I got back into service. Uh, the weight came off. I don't really weigh myself. I know that, you know, I was huge. <laughs> and now I wear an 8 or a 10. And um, has my life changed? When my son saw me after he had moved out, and we hadn't seen each other, talked to each other on the phone, but um, he never saw me. And when he saw me, he didn't really recognize me. Uh, my landlord didn't recognize me. <laughs> I looked so different. Um, you know, it's just miraculous. What do I do today? I go to meetings. I do service. I do writing. I uh, Is my life perfect today? No. It's not rainbows and uh, unicorns. Uh, my mother passed away in May. Uh, I'm going through some things with my three stepsisters and my blood sister. Um, you know, and I, I've learned how to take care of myself and stand up for myself. And I remember when I first got abstinent, a woman stood in front of us and said at a meeting, she had 26 years, and she said, you know, I really love myself today. And you know what? I'm imperfect. I make mistakes. I don't do anything perfect. And that would have just frosted me before. Today, I can say that, and there's compassion and love for myself that I never had. Um, I went back to, is it time? Another minute. Oh, okay. Anyways, I am so grateful. I couldn't get on my knees when I came back, and I put the pillows on the floor and bent one knee and said, you know, higher power, one day I'll be on my knees. Um, I'm 73. I went back to school um, going after a desired career that I want, and I have so much hope, and I would love to stay and listen to your shares, but I have to get back to work. I'm getting uh, reverberation. But anyways, I will end with that. Again, 818-679-4336. And my topic, um, and you can talk about anything, but what was your first day like when you came into these rooms and the changes that you've experienced? I am so grateful for this program, and thank you so much. I'll end with that. Your number, please. 818 679 4336. Thank you.